This is the Imitate Ted Radio Hour. I'm your host, Julian Fade. And I'm also here. I'm Corey Mathewson. They say, to live a creative life, you must lose your fear of being wrong. We have lost that fear. We speak to world-renowned experts you've never heard of. Because, well, they're improvisers. They don't know what they're talking about, but that doesn't stop them from pretending they do. Each episode, we bring you made-up facts, unsighted research, completely improvised. Welcome to the Imitated Radio Hour. Most people try their best to avoid sinful behavior. But our guest this hour lived in seven straight years of sin, one year for each of the deadly sins. His recent book, Seven Years of Behaving Badly, has sent shockwaves through the literary world. Jamie Cavanaugh talks to us about the guilty pleasures and the challenges of confronting sin head on. Jamie, thank you for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's wonderful to have you here on the podcast. Uh, congratulations on the recent book. It was quite a page turner. Uh, what I want to start off with is, let's start with the groundwork. What's your favorite sin and why? Oh, boy. I mean, what a question. You might as well ask me what my favorite movie is or my favorite uh, favorite vacation I've ever taken. Really, it's, you know, sin, the, the beautiful thing about sinning is it's... Uh, well, it's a, it's an action of the moment, you know, it's an, which makes it a very intimate and emotional exercise. It's, it's, it's really suited to, uh, to how you are now, which is actually what made my experiment so difficult. It's not so much the, the, the crossing of the threshold mentally to sin. It is committing the sin that does not necessarily appease your appetite in the moment, if you can understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I find that I'm uh, I'm craving lust, <laughs> as uh, as as I think is uh, is pretty common. That's interesting. We 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 heard that it was a pretty exciting, life changing moment that pushed you into delving deeper into the seven deadly sins. What was that life changing moment? Oh yes, yes. Well, you know, I I, I was uh, brought up, uh, I think, an upstanding. A uh, young fellow here in, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I grew up in a middle-class household, very secure, strong education, good friends. Um, my parents were uh, well-communicated and, uh, and emotional. And, uh, and I, I feel like I got, uh, you know, an average, if not uh, a much, much better than and privileged uh, upbringing. Um, that, that being said, I, I found myself experiencing a, an overwhelming sense of, of I, I, I hesitate to say emptiness because it, it, it does make it sound like such a bummer. But, but there was something missing from my, from my, my spirit. One day, I, I got hit by a car while I was, while I was riding my bike to work. And I, I closed my eyes and everything went dark and I had this feeling like I hadn't really lived. And, and I thought, well, well, what is this, what is this feeling of, of this absent feeling? And I thought, I, I have lived safely my entire life. And so I, that was when I, I 
I sort of grew, uh, grew to understand that the, the big thing I was yearning for was conflict. Now, is conflict, is sinning the opposite of safety? Um, well, I mean, I suppose, uh, I suppose it, asks, it depends on who you ask, doesn't it? If, if you are uh, brought up in, a, I guess, a, a Judeo-Christian household, then sinning, yes, is, is the exact opposite of safety, at least for your mortal soul. Um, but for those of us uh, that are not uh, subscribers to any particular religion, really, the, the, it's not that sins are the absence of safety. It's that they're... Uh, they're actually, a, you know, they're just sort of a, a fine framework uh, for things that uh, that scare us. Yeah, so I, I, I think it has less to do with safety and more to do with fear, if I'm honest. Interesting. And you had been living a, a, a life void of fear prior to diving into seven years of living in sin. I didn't even know what fear was, Julian. I, I, like I said, I was brought up, I was ca a coddled little baby, born with a silver spoon in my mouth and a silver knife in, in, my, in my butthole. I, 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 was, I was a protected young lad, and, and it wasn't until I felt the discomfort that, uh, of, of feeling every bone in my body break, of, uh, of, of feeling my soul momentarily leave my body, the great tearing of human spirit from flesh, that I understood that I, I had never even felt discomfort once in my life. It was all relative. And so I, I, I found this list, this old list, ancient list of, of behaviors and activities that are to be avoided and, and to teach our children to avoid. And I, I dove headlong into this list. As you said, one sin for every year, exercising it as you would a muscle, as you would, uh, as you would the, the tissue of your body. I was exercising the dark side of my soul. And dark is in quotation marks there. Now, you, you took this list, and was the order of the sins on the list the order that you followed year by year by year? Yes, I, I, I'll tell you what. I, I, I wasn't picky. I thought, we're going to get through this thing. It's going to be hard. And I, I just went to the Wikipedia page, and whatever list, whatever order they were in, that's what I wrote down in my notebook, and, and I put down in my calendar. You watched the Brad Pitt movie Seven to prepare for this book. What was it about that movie that inspired uh, your your work and, and specifically your year of envy? Uh, well, I mean, listen, who doesn't love Brad Pitt? Find me, find me. Uh, do you love Brad Pitt? Yeah, yes, of yes. course. Come on. I do as well. Come on. I mean, if there's a teacher that you could have in your life, if he's going to teach you one thing, I wanted to be Brad Pitt teaching me about the seven deadly sins. Because I... God, that man is sexy. Oh, so that's that's number one. Number two, I'm not afraid to say it. I was a big fan of Kevin Spacey back then. All right, I I I, I know that's that's taboo to say now, but hey, back then we didn't know what we know now. And Brad Pitt and Kevin Spacey made a fine duo, as far as I was concerned. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a pretty good movie. That, that's my, I yeah, that's mostly my my reasoning. It's a, it's about the seven deadly sins, you know. Well, yes, that that part uh, does seem does seem clear. Yeah, that was actually surprising to me that it was about the seven. I didn't expect it to be. I I just I, like I mentioned, I was a big fan of Brad Pitt and Kevin uh, Kevin Spacey. I 
I was like, oh my God, this is about exactly the project that I'm engaging. This is incredible. This is amazing. Yes. 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 The movie makes much more sense to me now. Yes, 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 yes. Um, interesting. Interesting. Can I ask about a specific chapter in your book? Oh, please. The, the chapter documenting your year of sloth, uh, it's only two and a half pages long and contains only the word, uh, with 857 G's bookended by one U and one H. What did you hope to impart with this particular choice? Well, I'll tell you what, that was a, that was a difficult year. That was probably the hardest year. Um, and really not a lot got done, if I'm honest. I, 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 you know, I started the year January 1, waking up in my bed. By January 5th, I had made my way to the kitchen to fetch myself some breakfast. Wow. Uh, which was much needed by that time. You know, and then Jan- January 7th, I finally got to the bathroom. And by then I was starving again, back to the kitchen. I, I ended up pretty much posting up in my apartment kitchen for the entire year because it just to save time, you know, I, I, I expelled, uh, expelled things into the sink and, and, uh, and washed it down. And I, uh, I, I ate from the fridge and, and ordered f- food from the front door. M- mostly I, I stood at my kitchen Island waiting for, uh, waiting for time. I want to turn now to your detractors. They, they say they, well, they don't disagree with you so much as they say that the world cannot be broken down into saints and sinners. Mm. Is, is life truly this binary? I mean, listen, I, clearly I have a, a bit of a warped sense of morality. I, I engaged in purely sinful behavior for seven direct years in a row. You know, I'm, I don't know that I, I um, subscribe to the idea of right and wrong, purely action and experience. I have a lot of people who are ready to argue with me at any sort of given moment and time. And, uh, and I am, you know, I'm a competitor. I, I don't mind, I don't mind uh, exchanging jabs and barbs for, for the sake of good conversation and excitement. But, uh, but I do, I do agree with, with many of my, uh, my uh, competitors, we'll call them, um, in, in, in the, uh, the aspersion that perhaps the seven deadly sins could be uh, an Im- improved upon title, so uh, such as the uh, the seven um, acts of uh, uh, naughtiness, or uh, mm-hmm. or uh, uh, the seven um, uh, the seven brothers of uh, uh, no goodness. Um, you know, I, I've, I've pitched a number of, 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 uh, new, new titles for these sins over the years. And and it's, it's just one of those things, you know, it's like a stick, stick stuck in the mud. It's just sort of become part of our culture. And I don't have much faith that, that, that my, my studies are going to influence the title. Now you had several run-ins throughout your seven years with the law. Which of the seven deadly sins were most at odds with the laws of normal society? Oh, uh, wrath. Wrath was definitely, uh, that was tough. That was tough. Clearly, you know, there is, there is an issue with being wrathful toward humans, uh, uh, especially, you know, in, when, if you consider maintaining that behavior for an entire year, it, 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 it would become very difficult. 
you know, mm. you'd have to be pretty proficient with wrath. So what I, I ended up doing was I thought I, I can't be wrathful towards humans for 365 days in a row. Instead, I will go to the woods and I will be wrathful towards woodland creatures, you know, rabbits, ducks, beavers, deer, uh, squirrels. Oh, things the, that don't matter. Things that don't matter. But as it turns out, these things do matter to a very, very niche select few people uh, known as the park rangers, uh, who then called the police. And it turns out there are some laws uh, restricting um, restricting taking a wrathful behavior on on. Uh, the beavers was the one that the, the police couldn't seem to stomach the most, which I really, it's just so dumb. You know, I just thought, I thought they're just so dumb. Who, who would care? Who will miss them? Who will miss them? Well, what irony to be damned by your own salvation. Ah, and you know, uh, you, Corey, you, you are going to love my next book, which is the eighth deadly sin, Irony. Irony. It's I'm 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 just just coming off. Three days ago, I came off my my one year of living in irony. Um, uh, uh, you know, experiment the, the follow up book to my Seven Deadly Sins. Yes, isn't that ironic? You wouldn't believe. That's incredible. Yes, yes. It's it's ab- perfect time to plug the book. <laughs> buy, buy, buy the one that's come out and then uh, make sure to subscribe for uh, for my new one. Tell us how you embody this this new eighth sin, as you put it, irony. Yes, well, I you know I spent a lot of time uh, thinking about that. How who can I surround myself with to best best engulf myself in in in, in, in pure unadulterated irony? And so I found myself in Portland, Oregon, uh, where you'll find that there are, are are people engaging in irony in in every capacity that you can imagine you know they're they're cutting their lawn with with mechanical uh, lawn mowing kits they've got their mustaches all waxed up like like it's 1865 it's it's really something it's really really something people engaging in old technology just because it's quirky and makes a good instagram photo the world is rich with irony and it's only because it has not been defined yet as a as a seven deadly sin that we that it goes unnoticed Interesting. You are truly pushing the boundaries of sin and sinful behavior. Mm, yes, I did. Actually, that reminds me of a, well, a failed book. I, I, I started a couple of years ago working on a book about pushing boundaries, and it, it just proved to be unfruitful. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It was too much for you, even too much for you know. I just felt like ugh, just leave leave it alone. You know, sure. Yeah. Leave the boundaries where they are. Leave the boundaries where they are. Sure. So, you know, your your one book, a major success, this latest book sounds like it's going to be a breakout hit. Uh, what is next for Jamie Kavanaugh now that you've accomplished something that nobody thought was possible or even wanted you to do? Well, I mean, first of all, let me clarify. I do hope my new book on irony is a breakout hit, but I would really prefer it only being a breakout hit with those people that are knew about it before it was big. Mm. First of all. Mm-hmm. Um, second, what am I doing now? Well, you know, I mean, not a lot. You know, when you, when you live your life that focused for, for a year at a time, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a great, 
relief, and almost the relief is is the reward of uh, of releasing that energy and and sort of returning back to being normal and good. And in fact, I am not sure that I can go the rest of my life. Uh, I'm not sure that I can go one year without doing another year of sinning. I feel like this is going to be an on and off pattern for me for the rest of my life. Perhaps not focusing on one sin at a time, but I, I think I think I'm going to do one year of uh, charity work, being a kind and decent, upstanding citizen, uh, being polite, doing the right thing, uh, being patient, and then I'm going to do a year of, of you know, uh, 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 fucking and squirrel killing, I think. And and I think this balance is going to uh, to sustain me for my whole life. Absolutely. Some people try to remain on the median and you are saying maybe the extremes and the oscillation is more comfortable. Yeah, I mean, hey, what is what is the universe but 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 entropy and enthalpy, you know? And I and there are people constantly trying to pull things together and control things and make things make sense and thus that we need a similar force the other way of people who are are wanting to to push push those uh, those comforts and and shake up the shake up the universe and, and 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 give the stardust a new chance to align itself into a new future for all of us. Jamie Cavanaugh's new book is called Seven Years of Behaving Badly. And ironically, he has another book on irony coming out soon. Jamie, I feel great pride in having spoken to you. And I feel envious of all seven years of your uh, bad behavior. Thank you for joining us here today. Oh, my God, Julian, how long were you waiting to say that one? The Imitated Radio Hour is produced by Rapid Fire Theater. It is not affiliated in any way with NPR or the official TED organization. So please, don't sue us. We're online at imitatedradiohour.com. For Corey Mathewson. For Julian Fade. This has been the Imitated Radio Hour. <laughs>